Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Paranormal and supernatural phenomena happen all around the world. But why is it that it happens more often in certain places than others? Now Paratruth presents Haunted Burlington, Wisconsin with special guest Mary Sutherland. What's going on, Parafans? Welcome to another episode of Paratruth Radio. Tonight I am running solo again, but uh, I am hoping Eric is back soon. I'm wishing him the best of luck finishing up the movies that he's doing with his friends, as well as getting the revealed up and ready to go. Before we get started tonight, I have two emails from two new listeners of ours uh, that I wanted to share with everybody. The first one is from Sandy Binder. She writes us and says, Hello, my name's Sandy Binder. Me and my roommates heard you on the show Talk Supernatural. We enjoyed your guest hosting on the topic of Aleister Crowley. Didn't know a lot about him. This was a good show. We since went to your website and are anticipating this revealed project. My roommates and I are really into possible alien life as a sci-fi entertainment thing. After the Alistair Crowley show, we started to listen to one of your episodes on Bigfoot, and it was interesting. You both are very articulate and intelligent. Your show is fun also. We all listen to Talk Supernatural every Friday night. Can't wait to hear you on Sundays. I heard on Talk Supernatural you're going to Scarefest next year. We live in Lexington and went this year. It was super. You'll love it. Hope to see you there. Sandy, Carla, Devin, P.S., I'm now following you on Spreaker. So, Sandy, thank you so much for listening to Paratruth Radio. It warms my heart to see that uh, our listeners are loving the shows as well as reaching out to us. We do love when our listeners send us emails. And this other one is from Mark McNamee. He's a new listener, and he says, Hello. While at work yesterday, I was looking on iHeartRadio for something different to listen to when I came across your podcast. I'm not one for listening to talk radio, but as a Christian and as someone who has done some paranormal research and ghost hunting, quote-unquote, in the past, I figured I'd give it a try. 
I will say I was pleasantly surprised and listened to several episodes, and they all kept my attention the whole way through. It's nice to find something that touches on the paranormal and unexplained, but still has a Christian perspective. I just wanted to say good job and nice work. You definitely have something good here, and I will continue to listen. Have a great day. So, Mark, thank you so much for the kind words. I do appreciate it. I'm super thankful that you enjoy the show and can listen to a paranormal show where it has a, a Christian perspective, as well as my mainstream view as well. Uh, I, I do consider myself a Christian. That's the faith I follow, but I do have different views than Eric. So I do appreciate all of you listening to the show every week. And uh, I do encourage you guys to email us at paratruthradio at gmail.com. Give us your feedback. Tell us what you like or don't like about the show. I would love to hear from you guys. But with that said and done, uh, we do have a great guest for you guys tonight. I've got Mary Sutherland on, author of Haunted Burlington, Wisconsin. She's most known for being the co-proprietor of the former Sci-Fi Cafe and Research Center. And uh, she's been doing research into the paranormal for two decades now. So it's going to be a great show. I love having paranormal investigators on to pick their brains, as I've said in the past, and to just get their views on on the paranormal. Do they feel that uh, the way that Eric does and the, most Christians do that ghosts are demons and not human spirits, or do they think there's something else? Maybe they are human spirits. Maybe there's something else. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to this interview. So without further ado, I'm going to go to line with Mary Sutherland. Mary, welcome to Paratruth Radio. How are you tonight? I'm very good. Um, and how are you tonight? I am doing pretty good as well. Uh, doing uh, some amazing stuff with Paratruth Radio, so I'm glad to have you on. Uh, for everybody out there that hasn't heard of you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a hands-on researcher, um, author of six books. Um, I'm a Kentucky colonel. Uh, the uh, governor of Kentucky commissioned me Kentucky colonel for the work I did of Atlantis in Kentucky. I uh, do tours, haunted wood tours, sacred site tours, uh, historical tours. And I live now in Illinois, one mile inside the Illinois border. But I still do my tours still in uh, Burlington uh, and Absalon. I'm starting to expand my tours now. And, uh, <clears throat> and of course, we do the ghost tours. And uh, my latest two books is uh, Haunted Burlington, Wisconsin and uh, Ancient, oh, I'm sorry, The Red-Haired Giants. And both of those books can be found on Amazon.com, or if they want, like, an um, autographed book, they can go to BurlingtonNews.net forward slash books, B-O-O-K-S. Awesome. And I'm thinking about, let's see, um, I'm in the process. I used, I still do have BUFO radio. I've had it since tooth, I think it's, uh, 2002. No, 2001. And we're in the process, we're gonna take advantage of this winter. And I'm going to take all my audios from the, this, from the, all the years of doing radio and, and, um, 
change them, um, put the pictures in them, and uh, and then start my own YouTube channel. Oh, okay. And so I'll be more taking it from audio into more of a visual for everybody. Right. And and in this winter, I'm just taking advantage of you know the cold and not being able to get out and do much, and <laughs> I'm updating all my websites. So you know, and of course, I have an online store. And and that's where I make most of my money. Oh, okay. And, you know, so that way I can. And then that's uh, livingthelightms.com and click on store. Okay. <laughs> That'd be the better way to do it. All right. Um, so what kind of uh, got you started into the uh, the paranormal? Well, um, I've uh, always been interested in the paranormal. Um, and I think... Uh, Let's see. Uh, I I don't. Th- I I probably started taking it very serious when um, I moved it back to Wisconsin, it back into Burlington. Okay. Because Burlington's one of the most haunted cities there is in the nation, and it was pretty hard to ignore that there was a lot of things going on that was unexplainable. And so I started asking questions, trying to get an answer, and. Uh, and I finally contacted uh, Chris Moon, and uh, Chris because I was like I said I was doing radio shows, so mm-hmm. I was I con or I was doing a show with Chris Moon, and uh, and I asked him you know about ghosts and you know and telling him all the crazy things that was going on around me, and he said that if I did an initial investigation. That and if approved out anything, that he would fly him and his team to Wisconsin and and do an investigation. And at that point in time, I didn't have the slightest idea how to do an initial investigation. So he walked me through it, you know, showing me, you know, how to you, you know, telling me to get a um, a tape player and a digital camera and you know the you know the basic tools, you know, for right. paranormal, you know, for ghost hunting. And and always before I was like most people, I used my five senses. Not realizing that a camera or um or a, a, a voice recorder could actually pick up something other than what I could see and hear. Right. And so once I once I uh, got my first orb picture, I mean I was hooked. You know, I needed to know more, you know, because it was like, wow, there's all this stuff out there, and I'm not seeing it, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody else is either, but the camera is is telling me a whole new story about all these invisible entities that are around us all the time, and and, and not only around us, but affecting us mm-hmm. emotionally, you know, uh, whispering things into our ears, you know, to guide us onto, you know, onto certain paths in life or, you know, and sometimes, and sometimes, you know, like, uh, you're, you're walking and all of a sudden you're feeling very angry for some reason. And, you, and you can't make sense out of it because you know, there's nothing to be angry about. Right. Or all of a sudden you're, you're feeling ecstasy. And through what I had learned, started learning, you know, uh, because the Chris was 
that there are entities out there that actually affect your moods. And this is a, a tool that I learned later that I could actually use to, you know, to communicate, you know, or at least sense spirits around me. And not only spirits, but invisible entities such as trolls and fairies and Sasquatch, uh, 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 anti, you know, alien entities, multidimensional entities. Um, I don't think we've even scratched the surface yet as to all the things that are coming through these dimensional uh, portals. And uh, and I think people are going to be very, very surprised to learn that there's so much more than just ghosts and aliens out there. Yeah, it's one of those things that who knows if we ever will get the chance to solve what's going on. But uh, it's funny that you brought up Chris Moon because I actually I got to meet Chris Moon several years ago. Um, I was part of uh, Fate Radio, which then became Shark Radio uh, with uh, Brian and Anna Marie from Ghostology. And I got to meet him in person, and he had actually lost a lot of weight from when I had first seen a picture of him till we met him. And he looked great, awesome guy, uh, very interesting to talk to and, and get to know a little bit. Uh, so uh, after Chris Moon got you started, did you uh, start a investigation group of your own? Well, yeah, I contacted Chris back, and I told Chris, I says, you know, I says, forget the investigation. I'm flying in here. I says, what I want to do is study this on my own. And, and of course, naturally, he said, if there was any questions I ever had, you know, to contact him. But I got, you know, you've you've seen my sites, you realize I got quite a big following. So Mm -hmm. I had a, I have a lot of uh, scientists, you know, mainstream scientists, uh, uh, especially in the in the physics world. And um, so, anyhow, I I kind of went with, uh, I kind of went. With my investigation using a little bit of science behind it, a little, I should say, physics behind the nature of, of, of investigation. And which has been very helpful for me, especially, you know, with, when it comes to credibility. Right. You know, uh, being able to explain how all this, uh, how all these instruments work, uh, electromagnetics and uh, geomagnetics and ley lines and, you know, there's a lot to learn. I, you know, I've been doing it for many, many, well, almost practically two decades now and, uh, you know, and I, I don't think that anyone ever will learn everything about it but i i think i got a pretty good handle on it now and uh, and a lot's got to do with the the you know the different physicist friends that i've worked with through the years that are open minded to metaphysics mm-hmm. you know i you know mainstream science really isn't very open to anything you know that they can't you know physically prove out right but when you get it there's another part of the scientific world when it comes into the quantum physics that 
you know, that that's their specialty. And, um, and also, you know, I, I work with people, you know, that are, um, uh, you know, that understand more or have more of an understanding of, um, of, um, the, the metaphysical world through Eastern traditions, you know, mm-hmm. like the Maya. Or, you know, as a, an illusion. It's like in, here in Western tradition, if we, if we can't prove it out through our five senses, it doesn't exist. If you can't see it, hear it, touch it, smell it, you know, it, it just doesn't exist. Right. Where the Eastern traditions, it's just the opposite. They feel that the material world that we live in, that we taste and see and touch, is the world of the illusion, which they call Maya, and so you know, and and, and I, I I think that both of them are true right, to a certain yeah. extent, and but I the physical world of science has a hard time wrapping itself their minds around the metaphysical world, and I think that the metaphysical world has the same problem with the materialistic world. You know, yeah. and so the two can't come. The, the two don't really come together as they should, and but we're starting to see it a little bit more every year, and and I think that the closer that these two worlds come together, the faster you know this veil will open up to all of us. You know, yeah. Um, because I mean, there are, you know, there are teachers. You know, a lot of people follow them. You know, um, and their word is gold. It's gospel. You know, you have to have a scientist say it's true before a lot of people believe it. Um, in my work, I, I try to teach people to get away from that concept and go except only on what they feel. You know, which I call self-empowerment because once we have to start going outside to get the answer, we're giving that power to someone else. And in return, we, we, uh, we become victimized, you know, as, and so if we learn how to become self-empowered, we learn how to, you know, get these messages you know, from the, from that, the, the invisible world and draw our own conclusions. A lot of it will be wrong, maybe, but at least it's going to be our conclusion. Right. You know, uh, I think, you know, when a toddler begins to walk, you know, when that crawling stage into, you know, walking stage, you know, people got to realize the baby falls down many, many times before it's able to get up and run. Absolutely. The, the, the thing is, what I try to teach is to let these people understand, it doesn't make any difference how many times you fall or how many times you get it wrong. What counts is you're just getting up and keep going with it. And don't set your mind on one thing because if you're wrong and your mind's set on that, well, you're not going to get any further. You know, you got to keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done research, you know, and I mean, I had a particular opinion of something, you know, for years. 
And then all of a sudden I realized, you know, I come across some sort of material that proves my theory wrong. Well, you know, I get two choices. One is to ignore the truth and go with my work, you know, the time I've invested in it, or dump it and go and and start over again like the toddler getting up and walking. And that's what I do. You know, I I try to keep an open mind. I don't you know, I don't believe anything's absolute. Right. You know, you, you just, you know. And I also I in my teaching when it comes to dealing with this invisible world and all the information that we're being downloaded with or problems, you know, because I, I, I teach um, uh, communicating with the quantum world. And, and I, my main rule, my basic rule is, you know, when it comes to speaking to spirits or whatever, is you check your gut, you check your heart, you know, and learn how to read your body. And if it feels right, if your body, you know, once you learn how to read your body and your body, you know, um, gives you the sign, you know, that, it, that through feeling good about it, then it's usually right. But if your body tenses up and there's chaos involved, you know, in your thinking and, you know, then chant what your body is telling you, you got the wrong answer or you're going down the wrong path. And also, and that's how I, when I'm out there doing um, um, ghost uh, investigation, I, I, I can tune in and I can tune out when I'm uh, at home or, you know, or I'm working and you know doing, you know, uh, you know, on my websites or whatever, mm. I tune out. I don't pay attention to it, but when the time's there that I need to. I'll tune in, and and I'm pretty, I'm pretty precise anymore, and um, I can tune in, and and I'll probably just by being able to read my body language and uh, the feelings I'm getting, um, I'll I can pretty much tell you exactly where that ghost is, or if it's a ghost, or if it's an alien, if it's a troll, if it's a fairy, and pretty much tell you what it wants. And it has nothing to do with being psychic, but it has everything to do with trusting the signals coming from my body, you know, learning my body language. Right. So when I'm, uh, you know, like uh, with Facebook, uh, I've got, I I think on Facebook, I... I can't remember seven thousand or seventeen thousand pictures, but uh, a lot. And all it is is basically pictures dealing, uh, photographing the that invisible world out there that we don't see. I think that our, I think what it is is our spectrum of vision. We only, I think, it's like five percent that we see. Yeah, a lot of people believe that uh, a lot of these beings that are caught on film or on a digital camera are in the infrared, which our eyes cannot catch, and uh, sometimes even in the ultraviolet as well. Right. Well, it, it's a matter of frequency, and it's this, you know frequencies of speed, right? Yeah. And and if it's going too fast for our our um, spectrum of vision. It's a totally invisible to us. Right. You know, not that it's 
definitely there, but you know, once it gets to a, a certain speed, we we just don't see it. And um, and I also in my book uh, Haunted Burlington, Wisconsin, I have a whole chapter on actually being able to create a cloud of invisibility. You know, using um, uh, the molecules and spinning them to a certain speed. And it's, and, uh, as long as you're standing, you know, cause what you do is you put, you circle yourself with the molecules, right? Mm. And you, you just start speeding them up. And you, and you do this all with your mind, you know? And you just start speeding them faster and faster and faster and faster. Pretty soon you can get them spinning so fast that as long as you're standing in that cloud, you're totally invisible. The, um, there's two Indian tribes, uh, shamanic tribes still here in North America that practices that, um, you know, as initiation into, um, um, into manhood or initiation into priesthood where they have to create this cloud of invisibility and be able to, so that they become invisible to, you know, the others and be able to walk up to another person and tap them on the shoulder and um it without that person seeing them and they have to do it three times to three different people hmm. you know to prove that they can that they, you know they're not cheating i would imagine right and if they can do that three times then they pass the initiation test you know into you know another a higher level of shamanism and like I said, there's, there's, there, right here in North America, these, uh, shamanistic tribes, they're still doing it. And I've always felt, don't I talk a lot? <laughs> you don't even need to ask any questions. <laughs> oh, what an easy interview. <laughs> That's always but, a good, a good thing, believe it or not. So. <laughs> I know when, um, um, I was doing my shows, um, I, I get Daryl Sims. I don't know if you know Daryl Sims or not, but Daryl Sims is pretty world famous, you know. He's uh, the alien hunter. Oh, okay. Anyhow, you get Daryl on the phone. For, you know, you say, hi, Daryl, how you doing? And then you just sit back for the next two hours, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. So I, I'm a good person, like, especially if you've got a sore throat or something. Yeah. I'm a great person to have on your show. <laughs> but, but anyhow, um, so... So anyhow, these, uh, this is a, a, this cloak of invisibility. It's, uh, <laughs> what it is, it, it, it's, uh, it's lost knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I believe, uh, a lot of, you know, like when you, uh, you see all these pictures of these Bigfoot, mm-hmm. and they've got, like, they're blurry. Everybody says, oh my gosh, you know. No, it's blurry. Well, the reason it's blurry is because the Bigfoot is cloaking himself in that cloud of invisibility. So he can stand there without being seen. Hmm. And see, with those spinning molecules, the camera would pick it up every time it's a blur. Anytime energy's in motion, the camera will pick it up as a blur. Okay. And so, and it makes it very, very difficult because the aliens do the same thing. You know, I've got, I've got, oh, I've got a few pictures. Well, the the aliens were the actually the ones that showed me how it was done. I don't think that they meant to show me, but as things happen, you know, uh, 
uh, there was an alien that was standing there. Well, there had been a bunch of UFO sightings in uh, in Burlington. There was UFO flap actually. It lasted almost a year. It got to the point where I was tired of shooting pictures of them. But um, but anyhow, they'd come in at a certain point of time every night, and then leave at a certain time every you know early morning, and. And when they would show up over Burlington, a lot of times I get the feeling, you know, like I said about listening to your body language, I get the feeling that something was standing there watching me as I was photographing these UFOs. And so I decided that I was going to start, every time I got that feeling that something was watching me, um, I would photograph wherever I felt it was coming from. Hmm. Well, when I first started doing it, I was getting it... um, there, I, I get the cloud. The cloud would usually show up like a greenish yellow. But inside the cloud, I would always see this Gumby type character. You know, like a, you know, the body of a Gumby. You know, those little Gumbies. Mm-hmm. You know, with the, 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 um, the sloped shoulders and the kind of real thin, tall or long body. Right. With a elongated head. But all I seen was the shadow. You know, all the camera would take a picture was the shadow. Hmm. And, and I kept doing this. And then one night, I, uh, and one night what happened was I was standing out there shooting the, uh, shooting the UFOs and I, I felt, or I was going to go out and shoot the UFOs. I was standing there. And I, and I realized that there was something standing there watching me again. So I turned, tried to turn the camera on and the camera wouldn't come on. And I worked at it, worked at it, right? And the camera just would not come on. So I was like, oh, well, heck with this. Right. So I stepped back into, I at that point in time had a, a store and uh, UFO research center right on North Pine Street, and and anyhow, I could just stay. I could just step right out my glass door. It was a big glass door there. I could just step right out that door and take pictures of UFOs. So I mean, it was just a matter of five steps, you know. And you know, I had it. So anyhow, I gave up on the camera because it just would not turn on. And I turned around, opened up the door. And I pushed the button again as soon as I stepped into the, my office. But the door was still closing behind me. Mm-hmm. And, and well, as soon as I got like halfway through that door, the camera came on. Mm-hmm. And I smiled to myself. And I turned around it really fast and I shot in that direction where that al- I felt that that alien was standing. And I laughed at him and I says, gotcha. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I did. I did get him. I I flipped. I you know because I expected maybe that shadow that I was always getting that was standing inside that cloud. Mm-hmm. But this time, I got his body. I got his eyes, his nose, his mouth. You know, I got definition. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and, the, and that's when I realized what was going on. They were using their mind to control that that speed of those molecules. Because when he seen me walking in through that door, he dropped his guard. 
because he didn't think I was going that I was coming back out. Hmm. And so just by dropping that guard just a little bit, he slowed down those molecules, those spinning molecules, just lo- just enough where the camera could shoot through that through that uh, cloud of invisibility and actually get him. Right. I couldn't believe it. You so, kind of broke his concentration, so to I, speak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, yeah, I I actually had uh, another one that uh, uh, that in the same place, but I was on the phone uh, talking, and well, I was in my office, and we had a I had a couch there because a lot of people would come in because I was always working at night, like. Oh. From 12 o'clock to 6 o'clock in the morning, right? Because that was a quiet time for me. So I go to my office and just work. And people knew this. So, I mean, it was nothing to have people showing up at my place 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, right? So anyhow, I'm, I'm in my office and I'm working. And, uh, the telephone rings. And it was this, uh, Indigo, uh, person from Canada. And she says, you Mary Sullivan? I said, yeah. And she says, well, she says, I f- I've been having the feeling all day that you've been out of balance. She says, would you mind if I could do some remote work with you to help you be- get back into balance? And I thought, sure, why not, you know? Mm. So, like I said, I had that couch there. So I went and I sat on the couch and I'm talking on the phone. And I'm doing the ohms and ahs and, you know, and stretching this way and stretching yeah. that way, you know, to, you know. And, and so there was an alien in my, um, in my store and he was cloaked in that cloud of invisibility and he was watching me, but he couldn't hear what I was, what was going on with this telephone. You know, he couldn't hear the conversation on the other end. Right. All he's doing is seeing me doing the oohs and the ahs and the stretching, you know. And he's just like, what the heck? And he was so curious, you know, that he dropped his concentration and appeared full form, as physical as you and me. And, and he was about, oh, let's see, he was about five foot, maybe five foot two. And he was like, um, uh, kind of like, um, uh, he, he looked like a gray, excuse me, he looked like a gray, but he had more of a, uh, a fleshy color. Okay. Instead of that gray or the green, mm-hmm. this was more fleshy. And he stood, you could tell that he was standing in a circle of these spinning molecules just by the way he was standing because he wouldn't step outside that circle. You know, he'd, he'd bend one way and he'd look at me and then he'd don't, and he'd bend another way and look at me, but he's very careful not to step out of that circle that he had created. And, and he was only about, oh gosh, maybe, 12 foot from me. Mm-hmm. And the cutest little thing you ever seen. <laughs> you would think that 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was, and I'm down there all by myself, you know, mm-hmm. and an alien appears, you know, it's totally physical. It should have scared the bejesus out of me, right? <laughs> but, you know, but for some reason, it didn't. 
which I, I, I mean, I get spooked over everything, really. But for some, but he was just so darn cute. And, and I said to the woman on the other end of the line, I says, you're not going to believe this, but an alien just appeared in my office. And she said, well, what do you want me to do? You want me to send him to the far corners of the universe or whatever, you know? I says, no. I said, I'm perfectly okay with this, you know? And I'm, exp- and I'm explaining, and I'm looking right at him, and he's looking at me, and it's like you could see, oh, shit, she sees me. And just like that, the snap of a finger, he disappeared. Hmm. So you see, again, that was kind of like confirmation to me. Right. That they are using their mind to manipulate the speed of those molecules, you know, to create that cloud of invisibility, just like Bigfoot's doing, you know, and the trolls and the fairies, you know, and the you know the UFOs. They 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 learn how to cloak them too, you know. So you'll you'll see a light, and then all of a sudden it's gone. So right. and so. Okay, so what I did is I thought, hmm, well, now how can I do that? Because I, I'm reading up on this, right? And that's how I learned about those Indians and those uh, shaman tribes here in North America yet. And I'm thinking, well, if they can do it, I should be able to do it, right? right? So anyhow, so I started going up to the woods because one thing is a sacred site area. And it, it's where some major ley lines cross over and a lot of... You know the the um, the veil is very very thin up there. Mm. I think I got close to uh, what is it uh, seven hundred thousand pictures of all the strange activity up there. Wow. But so anyhow, I start going up there and working on pulling pulling these molecules down from the sky and pulling them down to me. And then having people photograph it. And I've had amazing success with that. You know, I can pull and, 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 and I, and you'll see pictures on my Facebook mm. where, you know, you'll see people that are like transparent. You know, you can see right through them. Right. And all it is is I'm thinking it, um, it all, it all has to do with the molecular body. And using, you know, and, and using these molecules in order to uh, create the shield of invisibility. Because everything's atomic. Everything's molecular. You know, people, you know, it's like the aliens can walk right through a wall. Well, why is because they, they find, um, you know, they, they know the frequency of that of that wall, you know how fast the the molecules are spinning, you know, right? And they match that for their frequency up with the frequency of that wall, and they can walk right through, hmm. or even hold on to a child's hand or whoever else's hand and walk right through that wall. It's amazing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm so. I mean, I don't even know if he'd really call me a paranormal researcher anymore, you know, because, I mean, we we have crossed over boundaries here that, right. you know, most have never even considered, let alone even trying. Right. 
and um, and then of course you know um, I got a good friend. Uh, his name is Doug Clack. He used to be uh, he when uh, Christopher Moons first started out. He uh, Doug Clack used to work with him as well, and um, and they were uh, making these uh, like Frank boxes. Right. Yep. Yeah, and uh, anyhow, uh, we've got so uh, to, today because. Uh, Doug Clack lives right in Chicago, so you know uh, he brings his uh, he brings his box in every once in a while, and we'll just set you know and and have great conversations, you know, with the you know the entities, you know, that we can't see. My husband actually made an EVP box for me, a, a, like a Frank's box, mm. and you know how most of your uh, boxes. You'll get like uh, just bits and pieces. Yeah. And sometimes it's so distorted, you know, you're just kind of guessing at what's really being said. Right. I don't know what Brad did with his. I don't know if it was his energy, you know, or I just don't know. (laughs) But he made me a box that will carry. I mean, it is so defined. You can tell, distinguish one voice from another person's voice from another person's voice. And instead of them talking in bits and pieces, they'll carry on conversations with us for hours. Wow. With no distortion. And I broke it. Oh, and I can't, and I can't get Brad to make me another one. <laughs> I I broke mine a couple years ago, and it's like, Brad, will you please make me another one? You know, and I don't know. I just, I've just never been able to get him to make me another one. <laughs> I, 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 you know, but <clears throat> there's a certain type of transistor radio that you have to pick up uh, uh, at uh, Radio Shack. Oh, okay. And. Um, you take the back off of it, mm. and then there's a, a wire or something. Brad, you have to. Uh, well, actually, they how to make these ghost boxes that Brad made. I, I have a, a membership site on my uh, on BurlingtonNews.net, mm. and anyhow, I've got the instructions and the pictures as to how to make these. You know, on my membership site. So, but anyhow, but basically it's just, it's just cutting a wire back in there. Hmm. And then, I don't know how he does it, rewires it somehow. And then, and then play it on the AM station. And you hook your speakers up to it and you put it in a shoebox, you know, so that you can't contain everything. And it's, you know, the ugliest looking gadget you'll ever see. But I'm telling you, it, it, we used to have it down at the sci-fi cafe. I just put it, you know, on the counter and let the, you know, and let the ghost talk to me. You know, I'd be working down there or I have some friends down there and, and we'd just turn it on. You know, the spirits of the, the cafe, they'd just be talking away to us and we'd be answering them back and we'd do it for hours, you know, and, you, you know, I I can't, when I look back at some of the things we used to do at the Sci-Fi Cafe in Burlington, mm. I kind of understand why a lot of people didn't like coming in there <laughs> because we did do some pretty goofy things, you know. Because I had a television set up too at the Sci-Fi Cafe that had an infrared camera on it, 
you know, it was a, um, you know, a, a surveillance camera. Right. You know, that uh, we had hooked up to this TV and the TV was up on the wall. So when you come in, you could see, you could see this TV. And we'd have, and like I said, it was infrared camera. So people would come in there and they would sit and drink malt or whatever, a cup of coffee and, and watch orbs coming, going in and out and fairies. We get, used to get beautiful fairies coming through. You know, so between EVP boxes you know, and uh, watching ghosts kind of circling your head, I suppose it would be kind of freaking a lot of people out, huh? <laughs> but we had fun, you know. We closed the Sci-Fi Cafe down in, uh, well, last year in January. Oh. Yeah, but uh, good memories. <laughs> All right, folks. Oh. Um, first break here. Uh, you're listening to Paratruth Radio with my guest, Mary Sutherland. We will be right back after Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Have you ever wondered what type of facts are associated with the month of November? I have. And according to FamousBirthdays.com, Standard time began here in the United States on November 18th, which is just a couple days away, back in 1883. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name's Justin, and I've been talking to Mary Sutherland about haunted Burlington, Wisconsin. Now, you guys have a lot of different uh, phenomena that's, that go on there. You In the book, you talk about haunted cemeteries. You talk about Bigfoot phenomena. Uh, you even talk about, uh, as you've been talking about, the, the aliens and um, uh, fairies and trolls and all those. And you even talk about portals in the book, I believe, as well. Uh, so in your opinion, where did these portals come from? Where did they start? Well, I think they've always been here. You know, um, it, but people, like, um, there are people, like, I can open up a portal, you know, and, uh, there's a lot of people that can open portals. Uh, it, um, you know, it, um, I, I think for the listener, I think a good way to explain portals is, uh, I think we've all seen dust devils, right? Mm-hmm. You have your permanent portals, 
and portals are doorways that and they're permanent so with those i pretty much know where they're at you know so i can almost take people right to them and um but so they're stationary but then there there's others that jump you know they open up and they close and they'll be in one spot they're just like a dust devil they'll just appear out of nowhere and then they're gone you know and so it you know so where where does a dust devil come from you know right i mean it, it, it it's a, it's a phenomena um an, an, you know like i guess like uh, a tornado or a dust devil it would be called an earthly phenomena where a portal or a vortex uh, that would be like a metaphysical phenomenon. It's there. It's doing the same thing as a dust devil or a tornado or something like that. It's just that we don't see it until, you know, so, sometimes we'll see it, sometimes we won't. Right. But, um, and, and who knows where, maybe the, maybe the dust devil actually is a portal, you know, because it does come up out of nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. and then disappears. Where, so, where's nowhere? Is that what we call zero point energy? You know, uh, it's got to come from someplace, right? Right. You know, so portals. Um, so, and, and these doorways there. Um, I, I explain it in my book that there's worlds within worlds within worlds within worlds and they're all just as real as our world and they are coexisting on the same plane as us, you know. But they're separated by frequency. And um, it, it's on the same it's it works on the same order as a radio show. Or a, a radio. You have a station that's on one frequency, you dial into another frequency, you pick up another radio show, dial into another frequency, pick up another show. And if you're in between frequencies, you know, in between worlds or radio shows, you pick up static. Right. You know, and, and this is, and this, our minds can wrap around a radio. It can wrap around a television, but people are still having a difficult time wrapping around the idea of worlds within worlds. But, of course, I would imagine in the 1800s they were having a hard time trying to wrap their heads around cell phones and and plasma TVs. You know, right. or going to the moon or, or, you know, GPS readings. You know, that would have been magic to them. Right. Yeah. Black magic. And it would have been black magic too. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of one of those things too that, uh, you never really understand it until you start either experiencing it or researching it. Right. And then there's other people like my son, for example. He don't, I mean, he believes in it. But he doesn't, um, that's not his comfort zone. Right. You know, nine to five, going home, eating, watching TV, 
that's comfort zone for him. Anything else, like he loves watching the sci-fi movies and all these documentaries, totally believes in Sasquatch and Mer people, but it's totally outside of his comfort zone. <laughs> Don't want to experience it whatsoever, you know. So, I mean, and when, and see, we, through our thoughts again, because remember what I was saying earlier about how we can manipulate molecules, you know, to create clouds of invisibility. Mm. We create comfort zones too, you know. If, if we're not comfortable with something, we can we can take those molecules and spin a wall to keep us separated from those outside realities that make us uncomfortable. Yeah. There was um, a guy, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Michal Ledwith? I can't say that I have. He wrote the book, The Orb Project. And he actually was the advisor to the Vatican. And I did several shows with him. And I remember one time he, uh, I asked him um, if, um, <clears throat> if um, when the veil was going to drop. You know, cause everybody says, you know, that when the veil drops, everybody's gonna see all this stuff. Right. And he told me, he says, Mary, there's no veil. He says, it's all in your mind. And, and that's, and that's what I was talking about just now, is the comfort zones. We will build up our walls. We build our own veils to keep us where, in places where we feel safe. Well, that's why most children don't, uh, can still see those things that most adults cannot because they are closer to that particular spot in, in their life where they haven't built up their, the walls that you're calling them or a lot of people believe that you just kind of grow out of it, which sometimes I can believe is true just because when you get to adulthood, there's so much more coming at you that all the other stuff just kind of fades into the background. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's survival. You gotta, you still gotta get out there and work, you know, and pay those bills, you know. Yeah, so it's too bad, but, uh, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. I, 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 I've been very fortunate. I have a husband that supports me and believes in what I do and, you know, and he kind of helps me be able to get out there and do all this, you know, without, I don't fear ridicule, you know, yeah. or, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, and my book sales go really well too, you know, and, and my tours, so we're in a kind of a position where, you know, I, I can get out there and do my research more so than a lot of people yeah. can, you know, I, I'm lucky, you know. Well, I'm hoping for the, lo- the lottery so that way I can start doing the research I want to do. <laughs> but well, it all takes time, though. Yeah. But, I mean, thank God for the Internet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what would we do without it, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, at this point, I would not have a show if it wasn't for the Internet, so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. But, um, yeah, it's... um. Oh, I know I was going to say, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a little, believe it or not, I was joking about sore throat, and I actually have a sore, little sore throat today. <clears throat> Otherwise, I'd really be talking. But, um, oh my gosh, I was going to tell you, now I forgot again. Oh, um, about, 
I I used to work with this one guy, and uh, I think I, is it called etymology? You know, it's the study of words. Oh, entomology. Entomology. Thank you. Um, but anyhow, he he worked with me. He was a professor at Harvard at one time, and anyhow, he used to work with me on understanding words. And how you would break them down into, you know, into root, you know, like a, a long word, you'd break it down into roots, mm. root words. And he told me, he says, that's the Atlantean code. The whole English language is based on the code of Atlantis. And to break the code is to under, be, is to know that to, that you have to break the word down into roots. And then to understand what that root means. Mm. And one of the, one of the greatest things, well, so anyhow, I, I, I'm very good at doing this, you know, cause like I said, I, I worked with it for years. And it's the same way with sacred geometry, you know, it's all coded. It's, um, you know, they say it's, uh, uh, Masonic code, but it actually takes you all the way back to the days of Atlantis. But, you know how, like, that with kids, you know, they say that they've seen something or da-da-da, you know, and the parent will always say, it's your imagination, mm-hmm. you know. And for some reason, that starts holding children back by, you know, because, you know. Right. That somehow they, they've got this in their head that if it's your imagination, it's not true. It's right. some crazy thing working in, in your head, you know. Yeah. That's the, but anyhow... The, so by using this Atlantean code to break down the words, and if he wrote down imagination, it's a sentence, and uh, it's a, it's like an anagram, you know, a coded anagram, mm-hmm. and it, so imagination says, "I am a nation of magi." And what does a magi do? Magi is the root of uh, magic. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and in my book, Red Hair Giants, I talk about how the Mahabharata claimed that North America uh, uh, was um, inhabited by the great sorcerers of Atlantis. Uh, the, and they called them the magi. And of course, there was the three wise men or three magi that came to visit, you know, Christ, you know, mm-hmm. with his gifts. So you see, no, now when somebody says, well, that's just your imagination, I always look at them and say, thank you. <laughs> and I say, yeah, I am. I am a, a magi because I do have the ability to walk both worlds. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those things that you kind of, um, doing it, the, the words in entomology and just going through those things, it, it's something to definitely learn because there are hidden meanings sometimes in, in certain words. Yeah. And in numbers too. Right. Like in Burlington, every, uh, every highway that went through there, they all added up to 11. And 11, is is uh, is uh, the the symbol for it's a it's a marker for portals, mm-hmm. doorways. Two pillars makes a doorway, right? Oh, that makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah. 
so people in the know as and they, and they would they would hide all this information in the architecture too of these buildings and so people that would come to Burlington mm-hmm. Um, and and all these older these older uh, towns uh, and some of the new ones, but they would come. Look, but we're going to use Burlington for example. People would come to Burlington and they'd say, "Oh, what a cute little town!" And they'd walk through it. You know, oh, this is I just love the architecture. Da da da. You know, and and then there would be you know these people that was in the know, and they'd walk through and they'd say, "Oh, they'd see the elevens." Mm. They go, oh, this is a place of doorways, of vortexes. This is a place that you can travel the world. Then they see the architecture. They say, oh, well, this was uh, uh, the watchers here that oversee the town of Rocrucians. You know, the gatekeepers are uh, uh, for portals. Mm-hmm. You know, so many. You know, so they, so it's kind of like the Bible. You know, you got. You know, it, or, or the skin of an, the skins of an onion. You got one skin or one layer. You pull that off. You got another layer. Pull that off. You got another layer. Pull it off. And that's how this, you know, the, how you know these codes work in these towns. That's in the in the highways and in the uh, <clears throat> and in the architecture. It it tells you right there, you know. And of course, too, another way I find these portals, doorways, is I always look for mounds, earthen mounds and temples, because they were always, with no exception to the rule, they were always built on a portal. Hmm. Very interesting. All right, folks, I think we're going to take our next break here. You're listening to Paratruth Radio, and we'll be right back after your paranormal headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. What's up, para fans? Justin here with your paranormal headlines. These headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Was the Loch Ness Monster a PR stunt? A new book claims that the legendary lake monster was an invention designed to boost Scottish tourism. One of the world's best-known lake monster legends, the Loch Ness Monster attracts thousands of visitors every year who flock to the region in the hope of catching a glimpse of the elusive creature. Now, however, science historian Professor Gareth Williams has put forward the idea that the modern Loch Ness Monster phenomenon may have begun as little more than a PR stunt orchestrated by local hotels to increase tourism following the Great Depression. In his book, In a Monstrous Commotion, The Mysteries of Loch Ness, Professor Williams maintains that the evidence for this lies in the semi-autobiographical novel, Maurice, which describes the series of events leading up to the Loch Ness Monster's invention at a pub in Trafalgar Square. Thousands went north to see it. It was, of course, pure hokum. It was invented for a fee of 150 pounds by an ingenious, publicly man-employed by hotel keepers, the book's narrator wrote. Williams maintains that this would explain why there were few sightings of the monster prior to the 1930s and has even suggested that it was inspired by Canada's own lake monster, Ogopogo. 
My premise is that whatever I think is immaterial, he wrote, whatever conclusion the reader reaches has got to be based on them filtering through the information and working things out for themselves. Man encounters doppelganger on plane flight. An airplane passenger got the surprise of his life when he met someone who looked exactly like him. Neil Thomas Douglas had been on his way to Galway aboard a Ryanair flight when he spotted a fellow passenger who looked rather familiar. Upon closer inspection, he realized that the stranger was in fact so similar to him that the two men could have been mistaken for identical twins. The remarkable coincidence didn't end there either, as later on, the two strangers bumped into one another a further two times, once when booking into their hotel and again at a local pub. Total weirdness, Douglas said of the incident. We had a laugh and a pint. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. folks welcome back to paratruth radio my name is justin and i've been talking to mary sutherland about her book haunted burlington wisconsin now mary we are getting close to the end of the show here so i did want to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find you find your books all that great stuff okay everyone you can find my books at amazon.com uh haunted burlington wisconsin or the red-haired giants or you can also go to my website at Burlington News. That's all, two words put into one, Burlington News. So it'll be burlingtonnews.net forward slash books, B-O-O-K-S. And I've got six books there. And um, if you wanted to order through there, I can autograph it and send it to you personally. So, I mean, it's your choice of how you want to do it. And um, and if you have questions on any of this that we talked about tonight, I have my own search engine on my uh, on my website, and it's not a Google; it's my own. Because, like I said, I got one of the largest websites there is on the internet, so mm. a lot of information. So, if there's anything, any topic you're interested in, I've probably written about it through the years. So, you just go to BurlingtonNews.net and find that search engine, which is usually at the top part of the page, and just type in a topic that you're interested in. Click, and it'll open up all the pages that I, or it'll open up a link page of all the pages i have on that topic that i've written on awesome all right mary thank you so much for being on the show and i hope to have you on again soon but uh thank you for coming on and i hope you have yourself a good night and thank you for having me on i really enjoyed it all right have a good night okay bye-bye night all right folks that was mary sutherland author of haunted burlington wisconsin uh, as you heard, we got into a lot of different topics tonight, uh, a lot of, a, a lot of food for thought, if you will. Uh, 
a lot of great things coming up for you guys as well. Uh, I do want to thank Mary again for being on. She was a great guest and uh, definitely liked listening to all of our stories. But uh, next week, uh, I believe we will be having on L.A. Marzuli to finish off on the trail of the Nephilim. And then week after that, uh, we will be having our Thanksgiving episode talking about Croatoan. Uh, I've never really researched this, so it's going to be a new one for me. But uh, Eric and I will both be on for that episode, especially to uh, talk about that. But we've got a bunch of great things coming up for you guys, a lot of good things coming for you. So stay tuned to Paratruth Radio every week. On that note, that's all we've got for you guys tonight. We will talk to you guys next week, same time, same channel. Talk to you later, guys. If you enjoyed this episode of Paratruth Radio and you would like to listen to it again or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs)